Privyet moi druzia and welcome to a chilled episode of Foxy, the podcast where we roam the earth through its ever-growing cachet of stories. As always, I'm your host Izer aka Ishan Wadwa. In case you hadn't guessed it from the greeting, this week's tale comes from the cold northern climes of Russia. The amazing author for this week's tale also holds the distinction for being the author with the longest name to ever appear on a Foxy podcast. Vera Zenofontovna Kalamatiano de Blumenthal was the daughter of a Black Sea Fleet admiral and is famous for her work collecting old Russian legends and fairy tales in her work Folk Tales from the Russian, from which we'll be reading today. Since she honored us with a lovely short yet sweet foreword, let's honor her right back by reading it. In Russia, as elsewhere in the world, folklore is rapidly scattering before the practical spirit of modern progress. The traveling peasant bard or storyteller and the devoted nyanya, the beloved nurse of many a generation, are rapidly dying out and with them the tales and legends the last echoes of the nation's early joys and sufferings the last echoes of the nation's early joys and sufferings hopes and fears are passing away the student of folklore knows that the time has come when haste is needed to catch these vanishing songs of the nation's youth and to preserve them for the delight of future generations in sending forth the stories in the present volume all of which are here set down in print for the first time it is my hope that they may enable american children to share with the children of russia the pleasure of glancing into the magic world of the old slavic nation so now that we're in the right frame of mind intrigued and amazed let's get to the story itself In classic folksy tradition we'll be going after the first in the package. It's a pretty darn interesting story. Yes, I peeked ahead. And since I already spoiled it quite a bit in last week's episode, let's not waste any more time and jump right in. This story is called The Sarevna Frog. In an old old Russian tsarstvo or the domain of a tsar I do not know when there lived a sovereign prince with a princess his wife they had three sons all of them young and such brave fellows that no pen could describe them the youngest had the name of Ivan Tsarevich one day their father said to his sons my dear boys Take each of you an arrow, draw your strong bow, and let your arrow fly. In whatever court it falls, in that court there will be a wife for you. The arrow of the oldest Sarevich fell on a boyar house or a nobleman's house, just in front of the terem where women live. The arrow of the second Sarevich flew to the red porch of a rich merchant. And on the porch there stood a sweet girl the merchant's daughter The youngest the brave Sarevich Ivan had the ill luck to send his arrow into the midst of a swamp where it was caught 
by a croaking frog. Ivan Sarevich came to his father. How can I marry the frog? complained the son. Is she my equal? Certainly she is not. Never mind, replied his father. You have to marry the frog, for such is evidently your destiny. Thus the brothers were married, the oldest to a young Boyarishnia, a nobleman's child, the second to the merchant's beautiful daughter, and the youngest, Sarevich Ivan, to a croaking frog. After a while, the sovereign prince called his three sons and said to them, Have each of your wives bake a loaf of bread by tomorrow morning. Ivan returned home. There was no smile on his face and his brow was clouded. Croak! Croak! Dear husband of mine, Sarevich Ivan, why so sad? Gently asked the frog. Was there anything disagreeable in the palace? Disagreeable indeed, answered Ivan Sarevich. The Tsar, my father, wants you to bake a loaf of white bread by tomorrow. Do not worry, Sarevich. Go to bed. The morning hour is a better advisor than the dark evening. The Sarevich, taking his wife's advice, went to sleep. Then the frog threw off her frog skin and turned into a beautiful sweet girl, Vasilisa by name. She now stepped out onto the porch and called aloud, Nurses and waitresses, come to me at once and prepare a loaf of white bread for tomorrow morning. A loaf exactly like those I used to eat in my royal father's palace. In the morning, Sarevich Ivan awoke with the crowing cocks. And you know the cocks and chickens are never late. Yet the loaf was already made. And so fine it was that nobody could even describe it. For only in fairyland one finds such marvellous loaves. It was adorned all about with pretty figures, with towns and fortresses on each side. And within, it was white as snow and light as a feather. The Tsar father was pleased, and the Tsarevich received his special thanks. Now there is another task, said the Tsar smilingly. Have each of your wives weave a rug by tomorrow. Tsarevich Ivan came back to his home. There was no smile on his face, and his brow was clouded. Croak! Croak! Dear Sarevich Ivan, my husband and master, why so troubled again? Was not father pleased? How can I be otherwise? The Tsar, my father, has ordered a rug by tomorrow. Do not worry, Sarevich. Go to bed. Go to sleep. The morning hour will bring help. Again, the frog turned into Vasilisa, the wise maiden, and again she called aloud. Dear nurses and faithful waitresses, come to me for new work. Weave a silk rug like the one I used to sit upon in the palace of the king, my father. Once said, quickly done. When the cocks began their early cock-a-doodle-doo, Sarevich Ivan awoke, and lo! 
there lay the most beautiful silk rug before him a rug that no one could begin to describe threads of silver and gold were interwoven among bright colored silken ones and the rug was too beautiful for anything but to admire the sar father was pleased thanked his son ivan and issued a new order he now wished to see the three wives of his handsome sons and they were to present their brides on the next day the sarevich ivan returned home cloudy was his brow more cloudy than before croak croak sarevich my dear husband and master why so sad hast thou heard anything unpleasant at the palace unpleasant enough indeed my father the sar ordered all of us to present our wives to him now tell me how could i dare go with thee it is not so bad after all and might be much worse answered the frog gently croaking thou shalt go alone and i will follow thee when thou hearest a noise a great noise do not be afraid simply say there is my miserable froggy coming in her miserable box the two elder brothers arrived first with their wives beautiful bright and cheerful and dressed in rich garments both the happy bridegrooms made fun of the sarevich ivan why alone brother they laughingly said to him why didst thou not bring thy wife along with thee was there no rag to cover her where couldst thou have gotten such a beauty we are ready to wager that in all the swamps in the dominion of our father it would be hard to find another one like her and they laughed and laughed lo what a noise the palace trembled the guests were all frightened sarevich ivan alone remained quiet and said no danger it is my froggy coming in her box to the red porch came flying a golden carriage drawn by six splendid white horses and vasilisa beautiful beyond all description gently reached her hand to her husband he led her with him to the heavy oak tables which were covered with snow white linen and loaded with many wonderful dishes such as are known and eaten only in the land of fairies and never anywhere else the guests were eating and chatting gaily vasilisa drank some wine and what was left in the tumbler she poured into her left sleeve she ate some of the fried swan and the bones she threw into her right sleeve the wives of the two elder brothers watched her and did exactly the same when the long hearty dinner was over the guests began dancing and singing the beautiful vasilisa came forward as bright as a star bowed to her sovereign bowed to the honorable guests and danced with her husband the happy sarevichivan while dancing vasilisa waved her left sleeve and a pretty lake appeared in the midst of the hall and cooled the air she waved her right sleeve and white swans swam on the water the sar the guests the servants even the gray cat sitting in the corner all were amazed and wondered at the beautiful vasilisa her two sisters-in-law alone envied her 
When their turn came to dance, they also waved their left sleeves as Vasilisa had done. And oh wonder, they sprinkled wine all around. They waved their right sleeves, and instead of swans, the bones flew in the face of the Tsar father. The Tsar grew very angry and bade them leave the palace. In the meantime, Ivan Tsarevich watched a moment to slip away unseen. He ran home, found the frog skin, and burned it in the fire. Vasilisa, when she came back, searched for the skin. And when she could not find it, her beautiful face grew sad and her bright eyes filled with tears. She said to Tsarevich Ivan, her husband, Oh, dear Tsarevich, what hast thou done? There was but a short time left for me to wear the ugly frog skin. The moment was near when we could have been happy together forever. Now I must bid thee goodbye. Look for me in a faraway country to which no one knows the roads, at the palace of Koshay the Deathless. And Vasilisa turned into a white swan and flew away through the window. Sarevich Ivan wept bitterly. Then he prayed to the Almighty God, and making the sign of the cross northward, southward, eastward and westward, he went on a mysterious journey. No one knows how long his journey was, but one day he met an old, old man. He bowed to the old man, who said, Good day, brave fellow. What art thou searching for? And whither are you going? Sarevich Ivan answered sincerely, telling all about his misfortune without hiding anything. And why didst thou burn the frog skin? It was wrong to do so. Listen now to me. Vasilisa was born wiser than her own father, and as he envied his daughter's wisdom, he condemned her to be a frog for three long years. But I pity thee and want to help thee. Here is a magic ball. In whatever direction this ball rolls, follow without fear. Ivan Sarevich thanked the good old man and followed his new guide, the ball. Long, very long was his road. One day, in a wide flowery field, he met a bear. A big Russian bear. Ivan Sarevich took his bow and was ready to shoot the bear. Do not kill me, kind Sarevich, said the bear. Who knows but that I may be useful to thee. And Ivan did not shoot the bear. Above in the sunny air there flew a duck, a lovely white duck. Again the Sarevich drew his bow to shoot it. But the duck said to him, Do not kill me, good Sarevich. I certainly shall be useful to thee some day." And this time he obeyed the command of the duck and passed by. Continuing his way, he saw a blinking hare. The Sarevich prepared an arrow to shoot it. But the grey blinking hare said, Do not kill me, brave Sarevich. I shall prove myself grateful to thee in a very short time." The Tsarevich did not shoot the hare, but passed by. He walked farther and farther after the rolling ball and came to the deep blue sea. 
on the sand there lay a fish. I do not remember the name of the fish, but it was a big fish, almost dying on the dry sand. Oh, Sarevich Ivan, prayed the fish, have mercy upon me and push me back into the cool sea. The Sarevich did so and walked along the shore. The ball, rolling all this time, brought Ivan to a hut, a queer tiny hut standing on tiny hen's feet. Izbushka, Izbushka, for so in Russia do they name small huts. Izbushka, I want thee to turn thy front to me, cried Ivan. And lo, the tiny hut turned its front at once. Ivan stepped in and saw a witch, one of the ugliest witches he could imagine. Ho, Ivan Sarevich, what brings thee here? was his greeting from the witch. Oh, thou old mischief, shouted Ivan with anger. Is it the way in holy Russia to ask questions before the tired guest gets something to eat, something to drink, and some hot water to wash the dust off? Baba Yaga, the witch, gave the Sarevich plenty to eat and drink, besides hot water to wash the dust off. Sarevich Ivan felt refreshed. Soon he became talkative and related the wonderful story of his marriage. He told how he had lost his dear wife and that his only desire was to find her. I know all about it, answered the witch. She is now at the palace of Koshei the Deathless and thou must understand that Koshei is terrible. He watches her day and night and no one can ever conquer him. His death depends on a magic needle. That needle is within a hair. That hair is within a large trunk. That trunk is hidden in the branches of an old oak tree. And that oak tree is watched by Koshei as closely as Vasilisa herself, which means closer than any treasure he has. Then the witch told Ivan Sarevich how and where to find the oak tree. Ivan hastily went to the place, but when he perceived the oak tree, he was much discouraged, not knowing what to do or how to begin the work. Lo and behold, that old acquaintance of his, the Russian bear, came running along, approached the tree, uprooted it, and the trunk fell and broke. A hare jumped out of the trunk and began to run fast. But another hare, Ivan's friend, came running after, caught it and tore it to pieces. Ooh. Out of the hare there flew a duck, a grey one which flew very high and was almost invisible. But the beautiful white duck followed the bird and struck its grey enemy, which lost an egg. That egg fell into the deep sea. Ivan, meanwhile, was anxiously watching his faithful friends helping him. But when the egg disappeared in the blue waters, he could not help weeping. All of a sudden, a big fish came swimming up, the same fish he had saved, and brought the egg in his mouth. How happy Ivan was when he took it! He broke it and found the needle inside, the magic needle upon which everything depended. At the same moment, Koshchei lost his strength and power forever. Ivan Sarevich entered his vast dominions, 
killed him with a magic needle and in one of the palaces found his own dear wife his beautiful vasilisa he took her home and they were happy ever after and that was today's tale a nice flip on the classic girl kisses frog to get her prince charming paradigm don't you think Sadly, I couldn't find literally anything about our author Miss Blumenthal aside from the entries about this particular work. This really represents a disturbing trend about female authors of the past not getting their due respect and reference that we've come to see here on Foxy. If you know or find anything about Ms. Vera Zinofontovna Kalamatiano de Blumenthal, hit me up on Instagram on @foxypodcast for a chat. I'd love to talk and find out more about this lovely author. In other news, I'm thinking about doing a map motif that checks off all the countries that we've covered till now. I was originally thinking of just one map, but now we might be better off doing two, since not all the tales about a country have been written necessarily by an author of the same country, present tale excluded, of course. Case in point: Rudyard Kipling and his Indian tales, and Clara Kern Bayless with her Eskimo tales. The musical score for this week's tale was created lovingly by the ultra-talented Rudy Man. The beat is titled "Distant." an apt companion to our tale from a distant land and is available for streaming on YouTube a big thank you to Rudiman for making it available to us creators for free this guy is amazing go check him out right now and now for the much awaited preview to next week's tale after this week's tale of chilly russia get ready to dance in the breezy tropical islands of hawaii <laughs> Though the island nation now forms a part of the US, it sports its own rich and unique culture and heritage, including a deeply mythological folk narrative. Get ready to be swept away. With that, sadly ends another episode of Foxy. But you know what they say, with great ends come even greater beginnings. We'll be back right here next week with another amazing story for you to enjoy. Till then, this is your host with the rap boast Iser signing off.